All right, welcome back to Miserable and Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. I'm Logan sitting here with Ryan and Morgan. This week, we do not have a fourth. There's an empty chair. Dustin can't make it, so uh, we will be filling in his picks for him. So, um, yeah, that should be fun. Go on and follow us on social media, on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars, a great review. And today's episode is brought to you by Country and Cold Cans. Make sure you uh, check that out on Apple Podcast, Amazon, Spotify, wherever podcasts are there. You want updates on country music and rock and roll in Texas, that's the podcast for you. So check out Country and Cold Cans. All right, moving into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Morgan, what you got, man? Well, I got a good one this week. I got a good, great, and ugly. Uh, good. Um, you know, speaking last week about my, my job, they uh, finally acknowledged all the hard work I was doing, and, and I got a raise. Well, this week, just today, uh, a new controller called and was talking to me and said, um, we decided to make you uh, the manage, like managing uh, the entire billing and payroll department. Um, so, um, official billing manager, which is pretty cool. And, uh, he gave me another raise on top of that. Hell yeah, dude. Congrats. Nice. That's <laughs> so back to back weeks of, of getting a raise, which is pretty awesome. It's unprecedented. Uh, well done. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you can be able to afford Virginia tech tickets next uh, <laughs> season, which leads me to my, which leads me to my great. I'll be paying tickets to see a completely different coach coaching the sidelines because you heard it here. Fuentes has been fired. <laughs> not, not only has it been a long time coming, but it's even more funny that he got fired after a big win. So that, is, usually, that actually is pretty usually, funny. <laughs> usually, uh, winning a game and, and winning by like more than twenty points against any team on the road or at home would be like, okay, well, you know, we are firing you, but we'll give you a whole another week because that was just amazing. No, they do like it. Great win, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, don't act like you didn't see this coming. <laughs> <laughs> You lost to Syracuse. I mean, you should have been, <sighs> should have been fired after Liberty last year, but you know, that's whatever. Um, and the ugly, uh, keeping in Virginia Tech, his, uh, his buddy and partner in crime is uh, actually, apparently being allowed to stick around for the last two games and continue the shit train that is uh, Cornelson train. So I, I don't know how that, that works when the moron who's ran off five, I think now quarterbacks over the last three years. And you see um, Hooker is what lightening up at Tennessee. Oh, yeah. yep. Give it, a, give it some time. Quincy Patterson, who went to North Dakota state. I'm sure he's going to be going in the first round. <laughs> um, well, Morgan, you yeah. just, they need Gerard, some stability around Gerard, the program. Yeah, and he, ran off, <laughs> he ran off Gerard Evans, who in 2016 arguably had a great season. Um, so that, that, that's the ugly, is it? I got to stick around and watch that shithead for two games. <laughs> um, other than that, it's been great. Well, uh, never been, happy. Never happy, Morgan. Uh, no. Head coach gets fired. He's pissy because the offensive coordinator is still there. <laughs> I would have fired that fucker first. 
All right, Ryan, good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, man. All right. So I'll go good, bad, great. Um, it's a shame uh, that Dustin's not here to to be on this podcast because I'm on this podcast. I'll have to stand alone as the only older brother on this podcast. I was watching the Tennessee-Georgia game, and um, Logan, we've talked about this in the past. So the Ole Miss game that we were talking about going to, Eli Manning, he had his name in the end zone. He had this whole thing. So I start watching the beginning of the Tennessee-Georgia game, and I noticed that uh, Peyton Manning apparently threw a ceremony for himself before the Tennessee-Georgia game. <laughs> this is the most typical older brother move I've ever seen to just throw a ceremony. He didn't really throw it for himself. Tennessee decided to throw a homecoming ceremony for Peyton Manning. Just what, like a week or two after his younger brother had one. So uh, I noticed Eli didn't make the ceremony. So uh, it's curious how that worked out. Uh, Maybe he had a better football team to go see. But um, (laughs) speaking of good football, um, it's what the second week in a row I've had to say this, but Carolina played pretty well against the number 21 pit. They took the game to overtime. And uh, so there you go. Um, Carolina, kind of these weird moral losses back-to-back weeks with Notre Dame and beating Wake and then going in against Pitt. So uh, this vaunted schedule that the ACC schedule that they were supposed to play, they walked away with two losses, but they were to what? About four points each so or less. So uh, maybe that bodes well for that Thanksgiving game. Um, We'll see. So uh, that's the NC State game for those that aren't keeping track. Um, my bad, and this is somewhat comical. Uh, I sent you guys this on Saturday night. We uh, we found out during the week that my new hobby, gardening, um, who knows that when you bring plants inside, you might also bring the outside in with you. <laughs> um, well, the ferns, my precious ferns, my, my lucky between two ferns, ferns, we uh, brought them inside and uh, we found out, out there's some weird noises and we unfortunately don't have a dog anymore. Don't have all these kid problems that you hear about on this podcast so frequently. So I, I was a little concerned at what the noises might be. It, it sounded like chomping and chewing. And sure enough, we had caterpillars on the ferns. Now these are not, these are not um, things you necessarily need to worry about, but they're sneaky little efforts. They come out in the middle of the night and they were in our bedroom and we kept seeing them on the floor. And so I decided enough was enough. It was time to go on the assault, grab my flashlight, started to pick off the sentries, just picking them off the fronds one by one by one. I figured I'd soften up the ground forces. And then uh, Melissa bought the stuff on Amazon, my wife, and we went aerial to finish the assault. So uh, <laughs> uh, let's just say the insurgents have been taken out and uh, there's no longer any more problems with the ferns and they've been rightfully uh, uh back to growing as they should so uh that was my big excitement for the week i know we've talked in the past about rodent uh infestations on this podcast so that's that's chapter two uh that's two and oh now for miserable and reckless against the rodents and then uh my grade for this week is that uh the neighborhood in and of itself uh really enjoying hanging out here the weather's been great got full moons to go hang out on the beach and, and see at night uh we got a new bar and restaurant coming into town if you guys remember my story a couple episodes back from the bar getting shut down. They've already turned around and got a new one coming in and I'm going to head down to Tennessee and North Carolina this week. So I'm, I'm, I'm mostly happy with the exception of those damn caterpillars. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you got rid of them, right? So, <laughs> oh, yeah. all right, well that leaves me um, for my good, the bad, the ugly. If you had, if we had recorded this 
four days ago, it would be a lot more sour and angry because I, in my head, had already come up with an internal monologue after the NC State Wake Forest game because <clears throat> that game was a uh, emotional roller coaster, if you will, uh, when it comes to what was at stake. The division isn't sewed up yet because Wake Forest still has to win one more, but the, the bad is just third down defense and penalties for NC State. Um, NC State on offense was like 3 of 14 on third down. Wake Forest was like 11 of 17. Uh, we would stuff them on uh, first and second down, and then on third down we would eat, we kept trying uh, a damn corner blitz every other uh, series it seemed like then we'd get burned or we would stop them and then there would be a penalty and half the time the penalties were across the field and weren't even with the guy that was there would be a defensive holding call we had like 12 penalties for 200 and something yards they had like four penalties huge disparity um it it, which brings me to my ugly acc officiating uh, was awful in that game um like i said very early in the game, uh, Wake's first touchdown, A.T. Perry clearly pushes off uh, right in front of the referee and, uh, on uh, safety Tanner Engel, knocks him to the ground, catch, secures the ball for a touchdown. Second week in a row, A.T. Perry got away with that. And it, what was ironic about it was we literally got called for a very ticky-tack defensive pass interference the very play before. And then they this guy, he uses two hands to shove the safety down and no flag. With it, There was just lots of little things like that. And then the thing that gets me the most is, and it, you know, as they say, you shouldn't have to be in this position to win a football game, but we had to, uh, we were down by three, 45, 42, and we were going to kick the onside kick. And initially live, it looks like it was about nine and two thirds yards. Looked like it was a little short. Then on the replay, it looks like the Ricky person timed it just perfectly. But once again, there's camera angle problems at that high school field of a stadium that they have for the replay officials in in Winston-Salem. And there was a little bit of a camera guy's shoulder or arm or something that was in the way of of one of the better angles that you couldn't really get a good look at it. But then it comes out a few days later, uh, NC State has a uh, TV series that they do during football season called Wolfpack One, and they have 4K cameras, and they showed their footage of it from across the field they showed their their uh, picture of Ricky Person with one foot in the air that was <clears throat> short, the other foot uh, over the line, and he secured the ball over the line. The re- uh, referee initially dropped the marker down on the line that said it went 10 yards, and then they changed it. And then the replay from the Wolfpack 1 4K cameras showed that it was literally perfectly 10 yards. So realistically, I have a little bit of sympathy now for the, the bitching and complaining from the Tar Heel fan base about the 2015 ACC title game with their onside kick because I really feel like they uh, ACC officiating screwed the pooch once again. All right, and then good – Hey, next week's a holiday, right? Thanksgiving, we'll have some good food, a little teaser for later in the show. But that'll be fun. Um, going to see my family a couple times next week, and then Ryan and his wife will be in uh, Raleigh for the NC State Carolina game. So that should be fun. You know what? Go Pack. All right. So uh, we're going to Am I allowed to make a, am I allowed to make a Wake, for yeah. <laughs> Wake Forest officiating joke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Insert Chapel Hill, NC State. Everybody in the ACC Wake Forest officiating joke. The end. <laughs> my, my bold prediction uh, moving forward is going to be we beat Syracuse this weekend. They lose on the road to Clemson. Then we're going to um, we're gonna end up – watch, this is what will happen. We'll end up losing to Carolina on Friday. They'll lose to Boston College on that Saturday. 
And if we, uh, that would leave Clemson winning the division because if there's a three way six and two tie, <laughs> NC State wins the division. So if we went out and they lose out, we're division champions. They win one, they're division champions. If we, uh, if we lose one and they lose both, Clemson wins. So it's a, it's a, it's a cluster up at the top of the Atlantic right now. We'll see what happens. The most NC State thing ever would be to lose to Carolina on Friday and then Wake Forest lose out eight and four forever. Am I right? that's uh that's a mouthful yeah all right morgan alluded to this a little bit earlier here on during the good the bad and the ugly um the coaching carousel and college football is heating up with jobs such as usc and lsu all opening up now a lot of power five gigs but there is another one that is near and dear to the irby household that uh has just opened up as morgan said justin fuente was fired after six years at uh virginia tech he was 43 and 21 overall, 28 and 20 in the ACC, but one and three in the postseason. Um, and you know what? I kind of want to throw it over to the, our Virginia, our local Virginia Tech correspondent, Morgan, to kind of give his <laughs> thoughts on the Justin Fuente firing. Um, just exactly, you know, what happened and why is this a big deal, Morgan? Well, you know, he inherited uh, a football team from Frank Bamer, who I'm sure we all know is. Probably one of the best to, to coach the game in in, in college. Um, he yep. usually won quite a bit. Of, he won quite a bit of games with, with players that most schools would have never looked at. I mean, up until the national championship game, and maybe even a few years after that, people never knew to look over in the the seven five seven area, and he was just you know rating from that area every damn year. But, um, you know, Fuentes came in from Memphis and everyone thought he was going to bring a high-flying offense and just take him and, and Bud Foster's defense and, and go win a national championship. And came in and he won for, I think, about he had two good seasons, but that was all Frank Beamer's uh, players and recruits. And then uh, we started to see just how well Memphis boy could recruit. And we just started <laughs> to see... Seven wins, eight wins, six wins, five win seasons, which tech fans hadn't been used to since before like 1995. But um, the biggest problem he had was he just he couldn't connect with uh, Virginia and the way of recruiting in Virginia. He just he never figured it out. He he you know he respected Frank Beamer's uh, legacy there in the 25 and inner Sandman and that was about it so he just he never I guess accepted their way of, of doing things up there in Virginia Tech can you can you dive into that because it's interesting I've I have a little thought process on this but I'm curious what, what your thought process is when you say that what what which part when you said he he didn't accept their way of like doing things, you talking about like just, the culture, the community, the culture, the, yeah, everything. Yeah. He he didn't, you know. You see, uh, for instance, you know, functions. Even after Frank Beamer's retired, he still shows up to football functions and and parties and walks around and engages in the crowd and everything. Fuente is, you know, once again he recruiting. He you see, try to pull some Florida and Texas crap, which is you you can get them good for you but he he didn't get on the ground running in the 757 area you know the 80 was 804 as well he just he couldn't figure that out 
Fair enough. I just yeah, he 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 didn't go after the players that were in state, which is hugely important. Eight oh four, you're talking about Richmond. Seven five seven, you're talking about Newport News, exactly. Norfolk, Virginia Beach area, yeah. which is a hotbed for talent. Yeah, you, you see it now. I mean, I hate to say it, but Carolina's been distilling from our area there for I think a good five or six years now. Because yep. um, Fuentes just didn't go over there for what I don't know what for what reason he didn't, but he didn't build the proverbial wall around Virginia. Yeah. Like, and there's talent in those areas in Virginia. Yeah. Engaging with you know former players, he just I don't know what his problem was, but um, yeah, it's, it's time time for a change, which is great for the next two games. They have a former Hokie. Uh, from the defensive side, uh, J.C. Price, back he was on the '95 uh, Sugar Bowl team against Texas, where they uh, beat Texas. That was their first big game to introduce them to say that hey, we're here. Um, but he's gonna be their head coach for the next two games, which is pretty cool. That's cool. So Morgan, uh, moving past Fuente a little bit and looking more towards the future. So looking at it like this, like let's call a spade a spade. Virginia Tech is a good job, right? Like for the fan bass, Lane Stadium is a, by all accounts, they, I, I unfortunately mean, haven't. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, was going to say that it's great. The only thing missing is just the money. Yeah. And we're, not Cle- we're not Clemson or the SEC. Right. Or, yeah. It's, it's one of those things that tech is a good job and you can win at Virginia Tech, right? Like yeah. Lane Stadium, yep. by all accounts, is a great mm-hmm. place to play. So historically, you know, Beamer ball being like defense and special teams kind of thing was more old school way of football. Do, do you think that before we get into the names of some of the people that have been floated out there in the media, do you want to see them go in more of a defensive or offensive minded head coach? Offensive. Um, it, it's kind of more modern day football. So I, I kind of see why. Well, it just statistically speaking, defensive minded head coaches, I don't think win as, as uh, much as offensive. Because as you see with defense, if they're hardcore defense, they want to win the game with defense. You know, right. I think what they the comment they made about George Allen when he was the head coach of the Redskins in the 70s, defensive minded coach, you know, he went to win by defense. And you know, win by kicking a full goal. Yeah, I mean, like three nothing. To to underscore your point, I mean, you look back at last week's state wake matchup, right? It's it's the two differing philosophies. Dave Doran was defensive coordinator at Wisconsin, then went to Northern Illinois, and before he came to Raleigh, um, he's a defensive minded head coach. Dave Clawson, on the other hand, is a points machine. Their defense isn't that great, but look who came out on top to take control of the division going into the last two weeks. It was the offensive minded head coach because modern day football, you know, it's about more so points than, than defense, unfortunately for some fans, but, but I mean, I agree with you. Like, so kind of getting into who is some of the people that have been uh, thrown out there. A lot of the betting favorites right now, you have Jamie Chadwell from coastal Carolina has, he's a innovative offense, kind of like a, a weird, um, option-based football, but has a lot of passing involved, too. Um, then you've got Billy Napier, who has uh, – he's at, what, Louisiana? Uh, yep, Louisiana. Monroe? Or is it Lafayette? I can't remember. I think it's Lafayette. Yeah. He, he has been a big name around uh, the country for upcoming jobs. And then one that I think that's on this list that's very interesting to me is actually across the division in the ACC, Dave Clawson. Um, who – 
who would be your pick if Morgan Irby could pick who he wants and select as the AD of Virginia Tech and they can't say no, who would be the next head coach for Virginia Tech football? He's the last guy on the list. But to your point, okay, so because we brought him up, that's a great point. Morgan and Logan, because all that when you guys are talking about defensive minded guys switching the offense, that's all I could think about was Nick Saban. Lane came in and did the same thing with Nick. So in case you think we're talking about small gimmick offenses that don't work and Alabama literally switched their entire defense to offense. I mean, they're an offensive minded team. So Morgan, you're barking right up the right tree with the offensive idea. Chadwell is a flashy pick right now, but you know, it's a risky pick. Mm-hmm. You're kind of barking up the Memphis tree again, kind of, right? Going after high-flying offense, you know, up-and-coming coach. All of a sudden, you throw him into a power, big power five conference. Well, let's see what he does then. But at the same time, what if he is the next up-and-coming head coach? And might as well go ahead and grab him, but it's just, that, that's a risk. Um, a, name on, a name that's not on here. Uh, that I've been hearing about is uh, Huff, who's up at, um, he was at Alabama. I want to say he's with Maryland now. Hold on. So there's there's a couple other names on the list. You got Clawson, Venables, Tony Elliott, Hugh Freeze. And there's a name sitting there at the end, and I know. Morgan, I'll wait till Morgan finds the, the Huff one, but I know the last name on the list here is one that's interesting. Char, uh, Charles Huff. Okay. He's uh, the head coach at Marshall right now. He was at Alabama as the running backs coach for two years. Um, was at Mississippi State, Penn State, Western Michigan, Buffalo Bills, Vanderbilt, Hampton, an assistant in Maryland. Um, that would be an interesting pick strictly because like, you know, I, I can't remember how many years he's been at Marshall, but they've been a solid football team, but he's, he, right now he's recruiting that footprint. Yeah. He's, uh, so I would imagine he'd be an offensive minded, um, looking at his, his record here, it's all offensive. So that would be a, a pretty cool pick, but I mean, I guess, I don't know. Maybe uh, someone off the offensive guy from Clemson. Tony Elliott? Yeah. You know, I think, personally, I think that would be a risky pick. Um, Because I just, I don't, I'm not sold on Tony Elliott, right? Um, From an outsider's perspective, Jamie Chadwell doesn't seem like a good pick to me. I've not been as high on Chadwell as a lot of people in the media, strictly because I think it's a bit of a group of five gimmicky offense. I, I, it hasn't proven to be successful at a higher yeah. level of football yet. That's why I think that like Billy Napier is very interesting, but I think that if, if you can get it done, I uh, like for me, I think that Dave Clawson and you have to give a serious look or it, it puts some feelers out to see if he's interested because yeah. his, his offense obviously works at the ACC level. I mean, yeah. he's at Wake Forest, for goodness sake, and they're 10th in the country right now. I know this is his first season with a winning record in conference, but 
like they're putting up points. And as Mike Leach can attest to right now in Mississippi State, if you get the right defensive coordinator, you can balance that really good offense out with a really solid defense because uh, Mississippi State has like a top four defense in the SEC and Mike Leach does not know shit about defense. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I think I, I agree with you. I think going for an offensive minded guy um, would be great. But for me as an outsider who has no ties to tech whatsoever, I would ha- have to give a hard look, see how interested you could get Dave Walton. Oh, I'm sure he's already gotten a phone call. I would imagine um, during the UVA game, if it's not already mentioned, uh, I'm sure it'll be mentioned right after it. They're they're expecting whoever they're going to get, they're going to go for quick. So what are your thoughts about uh, the son of the legend himself, Shane Beamer? No. Here we go. No. Not at all. That just... It usually never ends well when you when you when you come home like that to coach. I looked up his contract. I think, well, I think he five year he, deal. Yeah, he's <laughs> with he's, SEC money. <laughs> yeah, he's, it's a it's a big buyout. Because <laughs> at one point he was uh, his family. I think before they came to uh, Tech, they were living down in South Carolina somewhere, and he grew. I want to say he was a. Uh, a South Carolina fan. I think he coached at South Carolina for a little bit as an assistant before going there. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. He he needs to do his own thing at uh, South Carolina because otherwise he's going to be living in his father's shadow the entire time he coaches there. Yeah, that's for sure. And, and what if, what it, if it would make happens, it un- you know, Go ahead. I was going to say, if he happened like, to win the, you know, potentially win a big one, then you know, he steps above his uh, his dad. Yeah, and the thing is, though, too, it's interesting because he's at an SEC school, right? He's in South Carolina. Uh, on the surface, I look at Virginia Tech as a better job than South Carolina, just if you look at um, the school itself with their history, but it's hard to compete with SEC money, SEC facilities, SEC funding, because South Carolina, almost every SEC school not named Vanderbilt, and, you know, fuck Vanderbilt. Um, they Almost every single one of them uh, regularly out-recruits almost every ACC school, save for Clemson and lately North Carolina. I mean, it, it's middle-of-the-road SEC schools still have top 30, top 25 recruiting classes. And that's something to your point, Morgan, even Beamer didn't really have top classes. I mean, it, it was just something that he, he was a good at developing players, but mm-hmm. he, you kind of want a guy who's going to be able to recruit better. And, okay. um, and it, but it would be a tough ask to ask Shane Beamer to leave the sec to come to the ACC. As someone who works <laughs> around his dad and around his dad's shadow, I can tell you it's not a fun gig. For all those people out there who want uh, Shane Bieber to come to Virginia Tech, please do not do it. <laughs> no. Yeah, I guarantee if he came back, he'd be gone within four years. So, Morgan, I've, I have one question for you, and I've been sitting mm-hmm. on it. But um, what do you think about some of these bigger name hires like Coach O and stuff like that that are out there? If they go to vacant positions, then fine. I guess nothing trickles down. And I'm not saying that disrespectfully. But what happens if a coach or a school like some of these middle of the road SEC schools uh, last year, Mississippi state, maybe it was two years ago, had a coach and they jumped at Mike Leach. Uh, that, that type of thing, you know, where all of a sudden someone's on the market. Is that a coach that was at the SEC level? Is, is, is that an op- opportunity do you think, 
or is what you're reading that they're going to go out and get somebody and get it locked in now? Do you know? And it's okay if I'm putting you on the spot. I know you're on the message boards a lot more than I am. <laughs> and I haven't talked to my uncle in a while about this. <laughs> I think they're going to... Um... Yeah, I think it should be locked up by next week, and or the, okay. I think they've already been making their phone calls. I, you know, I'm sure they've asked around other universities what their situations are. Um, yeah, I think that that list that we've seen is going to come from that list. I'm inclined to agree with you because you don't fire your coach with two weeks left in the season if you don't already try to have a, mm-hmm. a game plan in place yeah. to try to get ahead of the recruiting cycle because that's the fear you have when you go through a coaching change is you don't want to lose a full recruiting cycle because that can hurt you in two years when those guys are upperclassmen. And um, like to your point, Morgan, the recruiting at Tech has already fallen off a little bit under Fuente, so you really need to try to minimize the damage as much as possible. Um, one guy that I think is an interesting name on this list that's a little bit more of the dark horse uh, odds, but we haven't mentioned him. That's um, uh, I mean, it's uh, Liberty coach Hugh Freeze. Uh, what are your thoughts on Hugh Freeze possibly in Blacksburg? <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> Actually, you know, at the end of the day, if we ended up with nothing but Hugh Freeze, I'd still be excited because, you know, look what he's done with, with Liberty, you know, what he did last year. Um, I mean, hell, why not, right? It, it, to be quite honest with you, uh, at this point, anything that is not Fuentes or Cornelson, I'm going to take. <laughs> Logan, I mean, his, his child has an ear infection. You know, he's a beaten down fan. He's just excited that the head coach is gone. Why do you have to rub his nose in the Liberty loss? You gotta get it. <laughs> Actually, I don't care about that anymore. I don't. Tell him it's a, it's a new day at Virginia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they said that uh, Cornelson was too, um, I read something somewhere yeah, online yesterday. Uh, somebody, you know, I guess, said that the way he treated his quarterbacks, you know, that, uh, that he had to like, Give him. He was feeding them every bit of um, information all the way through. All the, like snap now and don't throw over there. You know, uh, quarterback. They would actually get in big trouble if they didn't pay attention to him. He was and a, he should uh, a control. He was a control freak, pretty much with with the offense. So I, that bodes well for a team that had like Mike Vick. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to watch, and I'm sure that uh, when the the trigger is pulled on the next head man in Blacksburg, we'll we'll definitely probably have something to say about it here on Miserable and Reckless. But so, keeping in the same vein of college football, Morgan, you ready for college football? Pick them. Give me one moment. I am. It's going to be real fun to do college football picking without Dustin. I know, right? <laughs> His shining record is going to go away. He went 0-5 last week, so he can't do any worse. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> I went 5-0 and and then went 0-5 in back-to-back weeks. Oh, my God. You guys picked against Lane Kiffin, and then you picked for the Wolfpack. That should tell you everything you need to know, America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Take, take it away. All right. Welcome back to College Football Pick'em. Let's start off with the records. Logan is 26 and 18. Wow. 0 and 5 this week. Picked against Lane and for the state. Wow. 
What the heck was up for you, Ryan? Uh, Ryan, twenty-five and twenty-three. I no longer, in, yeah, no longer in first. Uh, Dustin, twenty-three and twenty-one, zero oh and five this week as well. You just don't pick against Lane, man. And me coming in dead last at twenty and twenty-four. That's the story of my life. <laughs> well, we'll get into the rankings. You know, the top four are still about the same. Georgia, Bama, Oregon, Ohio State. You know, just like last year and the year before. And the year before that. <laughs> and the year before that. Throwing a few Clemsons. Maybe, maybe uh, Notre Dame. still knocking on the outdoor. <laughs> Notre Dame once or twice. Uh, interesting. All right. Let's start off with... Before we get into the game real quick, I do have one point that I have to defend the ACC on. I think it's a travesty that Clemson is not in the tail end of the CFP at 7-3. and Their only three losses are to three ranked teams. I mean, I I think it's a little (laughs) bit ridiculous at this point. People are just looking at their offense, not looking that great. Notre Dame's offense doesn't look that great, but they're they're seven and three, and they can't even be ranked twenty fourth or twenty fifth when their three losses are to three teams in the top twenty five. I mean, come on. That was a subtle ploy to say that NC State's in the top twenty five. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start off with their games for this weekend. First on the board is Michigan State, the other Michigan team, versus Ohio. Not the QBU University. Uh, Logan, what you got? Yeah, I mean, top 10 matchup between two conference with uh, Rutgers teams. It's in Columbus, so give me the buck, guys. Gotcha. Ryan? Um, Michigan State beat Michigan. But Ohio State beats Michigan all the time, too. So this is a pretty even matchup. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll take the Buckeyes. Well, I don't know. Logan's pretty bad at picking. Eh, I'll take the Buckeyes. <laughs> this could be All my, right. uh, another own week though. So yeah, I got to balance out the good with the bad. The reason why I took it is because they're in the horseshoe. That's it. Oh yeah. So let's see here. Michigan state, oh, you know, Ohio state, got Michigan state, a guy who'll probably get drafted in the third round. It'd be great. And Ohio <laughs> state's quarterback would be first round draft and horrible. Um, <laughs> Let's see. You know what? I'll go Michigan State. Was that a Kirk Cousins and uh, whatever the guy who got drafted? Dwayne Haskins. Which, which, yeah. which, which Ohio State quarterback are we talking about? Yeah, really, though. <laughs> and for Dustin's pick, because Dustin's a basketball fan, <laughs> we're going to take Michigan State because that's a basketball school. <laughs> He's going with Sparty. Tom Izzo. <laughs> Great. Moving along. <laughs> All right, and next up, uh, Wake, who doesn't play in Wake, Wake Forest versus uh, a school with a rock, Clemson. (laughs) Logan, what you got? This game's in Death Valley. I believe it's 12 o'clock kick. Um, Clemson's favored going into this one. Give me Clemson. I think the Tigers actually take care of business at home. Part of that's also wishful thinking, but go, go Clemson. Ryan, who are you picking at the Rock University? <laughs> this is the hardest game of the week. That's why I put it on here. I think the Wake Forest team is okay. We almost beat them. Oh, wait, we did. <laughs> so uh, I think I'm also going to boringly take Clemson. 
because I think that they're a good team. And I think we just alluded to that. And I think this gets them into that top 25 with NC state and those other schools that we don't talk about very much on the, on the ACC podcast here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, Morgan, Morgan, who do you think Dustin would take in this matchup? Oh, uh, Wake Forest in a heartbeat. <laughs> Any reason why? Because um, I, I, you know, I just don't know. I think he has. I think he has an itch for Wake Forest. It's probably because he's from North Carolina. That's why. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take Wake as well. I hate Clemson. <laughs> I hate Wake Forest. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, shocking. The two teams that got screwed over by Wake Forest pick Clemson. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so next matchup is the 12th or 15th ranked uh, football program in the state of Virginia. Uh, it's, I mean, I think like, there's some high school programs that are better than them. Um, maybe even uh, you know, flag football girls football team might be even better than UVA. Um, so it's UVA at uh, 25 year senior Pitt uh, quarterback picket. Logan, what you got? If this was in Charlottesville, I think it would be a, a lot closer of a game. Virginia plays a lot better at home, but I'm picking picket and going with uh, Pittsburgh, take care of business at home. Angle? Pitt's a good team because we're a good team. And uh, they deserve the ranking just like we deserve ours. So I'm taking Pitt to beat the, uh, as you pointed out, 12th best team in Virginia. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going Pitt. Can't stand you here. I think, I think Dustin, because his name starts with D, will go for a team that has a good defense. So we'll give him Pittsburgh in this one. Um, I know he's not a big fan of those those hoity-toity basketball schools with bow ties and such. Not like Duke <laughs> or anything. So he would totally pick against a school like that. So he'll take Pitt. There's also the Jeff Capel connection. So. Yeah, oh, yeah, true, true. There you go. All right. Last last choice here. We got to pick between two two games. We got uh, Arkansas and Alabama. Or you're going to get bit by a hog or stepped on by an elephant. <laughs> and uh you skipped one. one. <laughs> you skipped the game. I'm coming back to it. Oh, okay. I <laughs> <laughs> see that now. <laughs> I liked it though. Uh, Bitten by a that's great. Oh, okay. Or are we gonna watch uh, an old rivalry in uh, a fictional bird versus a uh, tropical storm? Well hell. Miami's so horrible they actually more of like a tropical depression. <laughs> um, <laughs> so who you, who you got on this one Logan which game do you which want game pick? um you know what let's oh, both of them okay um give me Miami at home against Virginia Tech um I I still think that Miami's got a lot of talent Tyler Van Dyke's playing pretty well that Knighton kid is um he, he's an athlete He's got pretty good speed when he uh, can break away from the defender. Uh, I think Miami wins it all. As far as the other game, I'm not going against Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. (laughs) Uh, Ryan, what about you? All right. Well, I promised me and Logan didn't script this, but um, I think that unfortunately, I'd love to see Miami lose to a coachless Virginia Tech. That would be, 
the greatest example of why they should uh, just keep no coach and just start that going forward. They just have the players <laughs> just pick a player to coach each week. But um, I think it's going to be Miami and I think it's going to be Alabama to not draw it out. The broken jukebox is not going to strut its way into Tuscaloosa and do anything. <laughs> Who you got? Well, I think actually, I think the players are going to rally around uh, their new head coach for the rest of the season. And I think they take care of business down in, in Miami. Their, Miami's defense is horrible. And uh, if we show at least some kind of game, I think Tech will win comfortable down there. Um, and of course, bam, the elephant's going to stump the hog to the ground. Morgan, you convinced me. I'm changing my vote to the. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm changing my vote. Uh, what do y'all think? I think Dustin would probably pick Arkansas and Miami. He was super into Arkansas. He was talking about the jukebox. He does the U every single time we get on yep. this podcast. So he's going with Arkansas and Miami for sure. Turnover yeah. chains and barbecue yeah. sauce. The, the, the U is never coming back. <laughs> I think Dustin's got some the- good picks this week. Watch him like go undefeated on the week. (laughs) And the game that I decided to skip, but I'm coming back to is uh, Syracuse at at NC State. Syracuse (laughs) in the the orange, right? Uh, Right, Syracuse orange. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't think (laughs) nothing there resembles anything happy nor sunny. So I don't know why they. Jesus, an orange. Um, I think uh, I think we'll start with Logan here. Who, who do you think is going to win? Yeah, so Syracuse is a ground and pound team. NC State is a fantastic rushing defense team. We're top ten in the country in rush defense. Um, we're going to shut that down. We're five and zero at home, two and three on the road. But the last two games are at Carter Finley, so give me the Wolfpack at home. Bounce back yeah. game. Oh yeah, Ryan wanted to double check this to make sure so i'm tap dancing for a second yes uh morgan the reason why the syracuse are called the orange is because cancel culture got their original they nickname were the, they were the orange men <laughs> yeah google <laughs> i wanted to make sure i said that correctly before i anyways uh who cares about that because they're not a good football team no matter how many times they change their name uh cute mascot though and cute mascots don't win football games <laughs> nc state <laughs> Yeah, I am. Um, I'll never pick Syracuse. You know, I don't know who is she. She sounds hideous. You know, <laughs> I think they got a. I'm pretty sure we sent them a cease and desist letter that says "get the hell out." Seem very stubborn. You're still here. <laughs> it's like, like your, your little brother won't go away. <laughs> <laughs> so you pick state. Oh yeah. It's at home at state. They're gonna beat the crap out of Syracuse. I'd feel their I'd feel the bus full of oranges. <laughs> I remember Dustin saying he really, really enjoys orange juice. But I, I also know that he has a daughter who has a very special headband that she wears. So we'll give him NC State in this one. And that that is a state headband that she wears. <laughs> So maybe maybe Emmy will turn the tide this week. Um, I think other other ones receiving votes was uh, Louisville at Duke. 
free shoes at uh, <laughs> Boston College, Georgia Tech versus Notre Dame, and Rutgers versus Penn State. Ugh, I hope Rutgers just beats Penn State. What time is that game, Morgan? I think noon. Isn't that usually <laughs> when they allow Rutgers to play? Like right, right after college game day, it comes on on ESPN at noon. And right around the time break. everyone's taking a bathroom break. <laughs> I'm going to go take a break. I'll be back in two hours. High noon showdown. Scarlet Knight <sighs> versus the not-so-knitted Lions. <laughs> so, Ryan, um, you got some parlays this week you want to attempt? Yes. I screwed up last week, if you want to call it that. <laughs> yeah, tell us what happened. Well, I picked Coastal to be Georgia State, and I picked all my other games correctly. Uh, Coastal lost to Georgia State by two points, 42 to 40. So I've now gone 16 to 17, and that was reflected in last week and in the records that Morgan read earlier. Seems like Chadwell didn't do so well. Yeah, I took an L there. I picked the other four right, but that's how these parlays work. You got to get all five out of five. So as every good gambler knows, you just come back and you hit them with a little bit more and a little bit harder. <laughs> so as opposed to going four for, I went four for five last week. So what's wrong with going seven for seven this week? I'm going to be on the road most of Saturday doing a little road trip with my wife, which I'm looking forward to be flipping around on the radio. So I figured I'd go with the favorites, but since I'm going with my favorites and they're easy games, I threw some harder ones in there at the end. I took Carolina over Wofford. Yeah, I know. That Ole Miss. Count. That doesn't count, dude. That's why there's more at the end. So no, there's if, more at the end. You should actually lose a point or two for picking that. <laughs> seven games. Let me get all seven of the slate out. <laughs> I don't know. I'm hearing rumblings that uh, Sam Howell might not play, so it might be a game. Well, then we got Luke May's younger brother, Drake. <laughs> so it's Carolina over Wofford, Ole Miss over Vandy, Oregon over Utah. Those are two ranked teams. ECU over Navy. I did pick against Annapolis in Annapolis. Wake over Clemson. Thought that was an interesting move, even though I picked differently up top. Penn State over Rutgers and Miami over Virginia Tech. So those last four games are all within three point spreads. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that'll be a tough one. If you get all those right, you deserve the extra one. So, I got Carolina, Ole Miss, and Oregon. I think those are easy wins over Wofford, Vandy, and no disrespect to a 23 ranked Utah team, but I think Oregon can can take care of that. They should if they're supposed to be a BCS team. ECU over Navy, that's pretty much a guaranteed win based on the way Navy's playing, although they do play up. Uh, Wake over Clemson, that's one of those ones. Penn State over Rutgers. <laughs> Just from, I threw that in there for my brother-in-law. Uh, I'll be laughing if that doesn't happen. And then, uh, I, I'll, you know what, Morgan? I'm going to double it back down. I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Virginia Tech over Miami. So if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. So I just up the ante a little bit. <laughs> How about that? Seven for seven. Right. Here we go. Damn. All right. Well, that's college football pick them. Now it's time to move into the Southern spotlight. It was Dustin's week, but I guess he signaled his Southern spotlight of this week because he's not here. So Dustin is actually signaling his support for a Chapel Hill bar is probably his favorite local watering hole at his favorite city <laughs> next to his favorite school. So this week's Southern spotlight is he's not. <laughs> he's not here. Chapel Hill bar favorite. Hopefully me and Logan are there next Friday. 
Ouch. <laughs> All right. Throwing it over to Ryan for the anchor topic. Sure. So what better way to celebrate Thanksgiving than by going to He's Not Here with Your Buddies? Well, it's arguing over uh, <laughs> what should be included in Thanksgiving and bickering over the prices of said food and said favorites. Uh, if you expect anything less for Miserable and Reckless, I'm sorry. I think last year we tried to do some sort of food-related thing too. So, uh, Morgan, I, I had <clears throat> we've talked about our plans a little bit. Me and Logan are going to the football game on Friday. Thursday night, I'll be in Chapel Hill. I'll be there with my wife. Um, Logan and I may meet up a couple times throughout. We'll see. We'll see what goes on throughout the weekend. What are your plans, Morgan? What are you doing for Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving weekend? Uh, we're taking the kids up to uh, Virginia to my mom's in South Boston for uh, Thursday night. We hey, we're I guess we're either going to come home Friday or Saturday morning. Um, that's about it. How long? Get, uh, how long are you going to be in, in Raleigh for? Uh, through Saturday morning sometime. Oh, okay. We'll head north. Well, Saturday afternoon. We'll head north with Logan, but split in different directions. He'll go home and we'll go our way. So depending on when you guys get back, we can, we can, uh, maybe I'll try and meet up or. Yeah. Even if it's just for lunch or something, if you guys just want to drop by and say hi to the kids. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, if you have some of that leftover church Brunswick stew, that would definitely, uh, <laughs> throw it in the pot. it'll be thrown in the pot. <laughs> speaking of, uh, speaking of things that are not currently included in our Thanksgiving dinner, uh, list that should be, we were talking about how would we do this earlier? And as opposed to doing a long, boring, uh, draft of just our opinions, we decided to take somebody else's opinion off the internet and pick it apart. Cause that seems to be more our style and quite frankly, a lot easier for the three to four of us who have full-time jobs. <laughs> so shockingly on episode number 60, we have not yet been sponsored. I know that's hard to believe, but, um, so we still actually just do this out of the goodness of our own hearts, not because we're paid. <laughs> <laughs> so we came up with build your own Thanksgiving dinner. Um, it's a way to talk about what's overrated, underrated, and what's missing. Now this, experience will be a lot better if you had the picture in front of you or if you could understand what we're talking about. So I will post this on Facebook. We haven't posted a lot there recently to be quite honest, because we've been busy, <laughs> but um, here's the general idea. You need to build your Thanksgiving fantasy lineup with 20 bucks. The way that teams uh, fantasy teams work is you have a certain amount of money that you can spend if you're doing a live draft, Right. And you can spend it however you want. You can stock up on 15 number ones or whatever, you know, 20 number ones or whatever you want to do. And by number ones, I mean $1, right? You could do two and or sorry, 10, $2 picks. Math isn't my strong suit. <laughs> Five, $4 picks or four or $5 picks. The idea is if you're taking four or $5 picks, you think you've got a really, really solid team examples, right? You got main course, you have a potato dish. Think about Thanksgiving. There's a main course. It's meat. You have a potato dish. You have side dishes. You have side dishes. And okay. I was wondering what just happened, but <laughs> you have side dishes. Our producer is doing some techno wizard stuff over here. All of a sudden the screen went away. Side dishes, side dishes, and then um dessert. So 
do you want me to walk through the different categories? I mean, it, there's Turkey is the $5 selection. I think we'll kind of walk through it, but you've got Turkey, ham, meat, dark meat, and tofurkey. I think you can guess which one is the dollar selection. <laughs> Whole turkey is the $5 selection. So again, give me, to help. Give me, nine, give me 19 of those. <laughs> to help. <laughs> Can't keep a straight face when you say that. To help build this out in your mind, America. That you have a selection be. for main courses, potato dishes, side dishes, side dishes, number two, and desserts. And you have five, four, three, two, one. So I'll read them out real quick. You've got the whole turkey going top to bottom. Whole turkey's most expensive, ham, white meat, dark meat, and tofurkey. You get the idea. Mashed, sweet, au gras, and roasted, and then baked potato being the last. Because who, who wants to cut up a baked potato on Thanksgiving? Stuffing, corn, casserole, spinach, and beets. Because who the hell is cooking with beets on Thanksgiving? Dwight Trude. <laughs> True. <laughs> Um, mac and cheese, Brussels sprouts, squash, cranberries, and cream corn. And then for the desserts, you've got pumpkin pie, apple pie, cheesecake, pecan pie. And I did say it correctly. And carrot cake. Nope. Pecan. No. It's pecan. <laughs> and just for our, our listeners, if uh, I'm going to try to get this episode of Miserable and Reckless onto YouTube for the visual aspect since we have this graphic. So uh, hopefully, uh, if you guys tune in on that, you'll be able to see this wonderful graph that we lifted from someone else. Uh, I would have worn a funnier shirt if I knew this was going <laughs> on YouTube. All right. So let's walk through it. Um, Morgan, sounds like you, you might have uh, some interesting experiences with the family. Sounds like you're going to have some interesting additions. There is clearly some things that we're missing here on this list. So first things first, walk us through your fantasy lineup for 20 bucks. And then at the end, we'll do, uh, we'll do the grumblings about what's not here. <laughs> Let's see here. Well, I'm definitely going to start with dessert and go cheesecake. Um, I like it right off the start. Oh yeah. Brussels sprouts. Um, this is good radio you're up to seven seven, bucks that's seven (laughs) dollars you got 13 more to spend (laughs) now you you failed to mention the extras at the bottom angle well that's a different topic three dollars for three dollars do you want me to oh yeah get to three dollars for gravy two dollars for biscuits and one dollar for cornbread good point i didn't even notice that yeah, so you got to factor that money in now, too. Yeah. Um, gravy's just not a given. I guess we don't live in a free world anymore. I guess it's <laughs> Russia we're living in now. Um, uh, in order to get my gravy, I had to give up the white meat and go for dark meat. And I'm also going to have my uh, mashed potatoes and a casserole. All right, so, so that, you have dark meat. Two mashed potatoes, seven dollars. Yep, casserole, ten. Okay, uh, Brussels sprouts, fourteen. Cheesecake, seventeen, and my gravy makes it even twenty. No money left over, all spent. Well done. Well, if you're living on a budget, no, it's not, but. <laughs> If you're trying to be a 
budget wizard here. I should have had like two dollars left over for a beer. <laughs> well, if you're at your family's house, you go steal that out of the garage fridge so they don't know. <laughs> exactly. All right, Logan, what do you got? All right, so I'm starting at the bottom first. Two dollars for biscuits, hands down. Plus two dollars for pecan pie. Puts me at four. Then I'm gonna go with three dollars for squash. Gets me at seven. Plus five dollars for stuffing puts me at twelve. Plus, let's see here. I'm gonna skip the potato dish real quick because I'm gonna do four dollars for ham. Puts me at sixteen. And then that puts me at a hard one here. Uh, I'm gonna go with baked potato one, and then a gravy for three. Puts me at twenty right there. I don't know who you kids are anymore because I don't. I don't respect or appreciate any of these choices. <laughs> You're not gonna like the Thanksgiving dinner we bring to the tailgate. <laughs> well, here here comes fifteen tofurkeys and, um, and like one and one mac and one mac and cheese. <laughs> hey, it's not my wife on this podcast. All right. <laughs> uh, so I wrote it down ahead of time. Two dollars dark meat. That's my favorite, anyways. Five dollar. Mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice the extras, so I'm erasing the next one. I doubled up on the potatoes. <laughs> $3 casserole, $2 spinach, $4 Brussels, and $1 cream corn, and then $3 for gravy, please. So that's $2 for dark meat, $5 for mashed potatoes is 7 $3 for casserole is 10 $2 for spinach is 12 $4 for Brussels is 16 $1 for cream corn or 17 and $3 for gravy. So in case you can't tell, it's uh, dark meat, <laughs> a bunch of potatoes, a bunch of vegetables, casserole, and then a bunch of gravy on top. <laughs> and, and, no, and no dessert. Oh, fuck dessert. You have liquor for that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think keeping with the spirit here, we got to make sure we, we make dust in selection, you know, the, the list that he gave us. His Definitely actual selections. <laughs> so I, I'm pretty sure he first off said tofurkey. <laughs> right, Logan? Did, did he say tofurkey? That sounds like him. If I know yeah. my brother. Tofurkey, um, beets, carrot cakes, cranberries. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then he gave up. the rest of his money to charity. <laughs> <laughs> we, we even offered free biscuits and gravy. He turned that down. No, no, he, no. he donated the rest of it to the Kamala Harris re-election fund. <laughs> <laughs> no no i i i think you got it really wrong it went to the uh the the, the ceiling of the roof uh foundation at carolina <laughs> that's right that's correct. even better <laughs> that's correct he actually volunteered to buy us rounds his friends that he's not his seven spotlight <laughs> No, what did he? What did he actually choose? So here's his never, actual picks. He had uh, dark meat. Never going to skip a podcast again. This this is the best part. He uh, he put in put in his little comments with it. He said, "Dark meat. Who the hell wants dry ass white meat anyways? <laughs> Mashed potatoes. No contest in that category. Green bean casserole. Best way to eat green beans. Squash. 
Mac and cheese is too rich for my blood. You'll see why. <laughs> I wish he would have said, you'll find out. <laughs> Pecan pie. Easiest pick of the day. Banana pudding is the only other option that's better. And then he said, gravy and biscuits. This one is obvious. Plus, turkey and mashed potatoes are useless without gravy. <laughs> the real travesty is no fried chicken on the menu. <laughs> that sounds about right. So that leads <laughs> us perfectly to the grumble session. Let's scroll down. So this is the list of the 538 went out to Americans and asked them, what are your favorite uh, things that are part of Thanksgiving dinner? And apparently the response came back and, and, and they judged it by percentage, right? So long pineapple, story short. Pi- wait a minute, pineapple casserole? Who the fuck did these people interview? <laughs> well, they got the stuff on top, right? They got green beans, right? Considering it's pineapple, they're casserole. probably a bunch of swingers. <laughs> so what's missing? Obviously, some people felt like pineapple casserole and grape salad were missing. Don't worry, America. Those are all the way at the bottom of the list. We got a bunch of Germans in this country that thought sauerkraut should have been on the list. <laughs> stuffed peppers, which is terrible. I don't know if anyone's ever had a stuffed pepper before. May as well just go have a potato skin. I mean, it's not as healthy, but Jello salad. Uh, if you're what in if, the world, so Jello salad's a big deal in the Midwest. I grew up in the Midwest, and that's a big deal out there. But what are the things that are missing besides roasted parsnips? <laughs> Some other things on this list that are weird. <laughs> we mentioned Brunswick stew. That's definitely a local favorite. Fried chicken, which is a DeBerry thing, right? Anything oh, yeah. else from you guys is personal? Dustin doesn't really love this, but the rest of <clears throat> me and my brother and my cousin do. My grandma makes a fantastic cheese potato casserole that we have every holiday. That is, uh, it, it's very, very good. I would say sweet potato casserole. Okay. What does that consist of? Sweet potatoes and cheese? Uh, Sweet potatoes and casserole. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, man. Fair enough. I would say collards. I'm looking looking for collards. Yeah, yeah, collards. Uh, The steamed broccoli one was interesting. Um, I could, I I could, I like broccoli. I could take or leave that. Corn souffle is another one that's interesting. Um, my parents have served that in the past before. They make the corn souffle with the spinach souffle on top, and then they put these little brown sugar carrots on top. It's all vegetables, but it's very, very good. Here's your um, your sweet potato casserole ingredients list angle. All right. Shocker here. Sweet potatoes. Um, <laughs> leader, sugar. In the, leader in the clubhouse. <laughs> White sugar, brown sugar, ground cinnamon. Uh, butter and marshmallows. Very solid. I seem yeah, to remember it's, us it's, having it's a com- I seem to remember us having a conversation in one of the group <laughs> chats earlier, either this week or last week, with one of our loyal listeners, Brett. And he was talking about how if it's done right, it's good with cranberry sauce. Sorry, Brett, disagree. Cranberry sauce is awful. It doesn't I matter who. It's just ugh, I can't stand it. If Desert Island and the only thing you had left to eat was canned cranberry sauce or uncanned cranberry sauce, would you feed yourself to the sharks, yes or no? (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't be living. (laughs) Logan? Yeah, I can't say that. I'm with the Morgan. I think I just might go take a dive in the ocean. (laughs) If I had a 
a bottle of vodka and I had a stick to get the stuff out of the can, then I could mix it with the vodka and it would be passable. Otherwise, the answer is no. <laughs> vodka cranberry island style. <laughs> this, Anything list, else? this list right here that <clears throat> apparently 538 compiled looks like the very same list of people that were in that video I saw of millennials trying Cracker Barrel from New York and New Jersey. <laughs> And I'm just like, what in the world? Like they were looking at the Cracker Barrel food, which is fantastic and delicious, by the way, and saying, this food looks sad. I was like, I didn't know food could look sad, right? But like, they're like, this food looks sad. Um, it, it just, I don't know. It just, it doesn't look that healthy. They're like, and then they try it. And some of them are like, this is pretty good. But most of them are like, eh, I, I don't really like it. it. It's it's just not for me. I see why people like it, but it's not for me. <laughs> Losers. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to our last controversial topic. We can cover this briefly. Once the Thanksgiving meal is over and the Redskins or whatever they're called nowadays have lost and the kids are put away, there's always some asshole that decides now's the time to go to the attic. Or maybe you're not, maybe you don't have an attic. Maybe you have a storage closet or, or a garage or a, uh, back oh, of your God. car and they pull out all the Christmas decorations. So here's the question. When and what time is it appropriate to pull out the Christmas decorations? Is it the immediately after Thanksgiving, the first day after Thanksgiving and any, any time up until Christmas? Is it Christmas Eve or is the answer never? <laughs> well, um, why is the carpet so wet, Todd? Would be the never answer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Morgan, go um, first. <laughs> anytime after Thanksgiving, it is appropriate, I think. Honestly, actually, I would say December 1st. Okay. Yeah. I've had this conversation with people at work so many times because people at work always like every time we get to November, they start talking about how much they always say, Logan hates Christmas. And I'm like, no, I love Christmas. I hate Christmas music. It's awful. And they want to play it all the time. I was like, but I told them that if I was ruler of America for a day, the number one thing that I would do would institute a law that you cannot pull out anything on Christmas until the first week of December. And I'm being generous when I say that, because I really think second or th second week of December is fair, but just to compromise with people, at least get me through Thanksgiving. <clears throat> Don't can, pull can it I, out before, before Thanksgiving. Can, can I add a law to, to your day? Of, oh yeah. Of being queen of, of the land. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, no, no one is allowed, and, and, and I said, no one. And if you do, you'll be shot. Is allowed to play <laughs> Mariah Carey and that horrible, horrible song that she calls a song. Um, I think you should be taken out back and shot if you play <laughs> that song. All I want for Christmas is you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna come through this phone and beat you. <laughs> you know I what? Hate, I hate that song. I can't stand that song. Be like Pete, like some people who can't stand a Christmas story. I cringe when I hear that damn song. 
you know what we should do? We should just ban Christmas music unless people are listening to it on their headphones where only they are subjected to it, or you're at church and it's religious music. Only two exceptions. Otherwise, in the public space, when it's loud and other people can hear it, no Christmas music. No, I mean, if, you know, you were to listen to, what is it, Perry Como or whatever, and it's White Christmas, you know, um, that's acceptable. That's classic Christmas music. Just uh, no more I carry, please. <laughs> I'll even listen to Temptations sing a Christmas song or they're, or they're Beach Boys but not Mariah Carey Depends on what the classics are right? You don't want to hear that little chipmunk song uh, That's been around for a while I, I know <laughs> what you're talking about um, Elvis Hawaiian Christmas all that's good <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather listen to the Suck It band from the office didn't <laughs> <laughs> listen to Mariah Carey. <laughs> For those who don't know, if you don't, if you never watch The Office, the band Suck It was uh, David, David Wallace. Wallace and his son. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, Ryan. What about you? <clears throat> when is it appropriate for Christmas decorations? Uh, I think December first. I think December 1st is okay. I think let's get through Thanksgiving. Let's get through the god-awful holiday, in my personal opinion, of Black Friday, um, where we just do consumerist crap. Um, we stampede places and run over people to get TVs we don't need. And we can hear my thoughts on minimalism later. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, let's, get, let's get through Black Friday first. Let's watch some football. Let's hang out with family and friends. Let's enjoy, for those that can, and I realize that not everybody does this, uh, some time off work. And then the next, the next weekend, that's when I think we should look forward to setting up Christmas decorations. And, and then I think go wild, do whatever you want. I love the mm-hmm. Christmas people who do the, the $75,000 worth of AV on the front of their house. I like the people who do like the white Christmas lights with like the, 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 the wreaths and it's very classic, put the candles in the windows, I like the people who do like, you know, like just the, in, in my neighborhood, there's a lot of, uh, sailors and like boating people so they'll do one green light and one red light because like that's what you red light returning is a naval rule and it's it's christmas lights too so like however however you want to do it i'm cool with it if you want to be gaudy as hell do that too but uh but december 1st let's let's make that a rule and then um the only exception i would say to that is is last year during the pandemic i thought it was really cool to see people put up christmas lights in like the day after halloween because we were all kind of going through some shit and we were walking through the neighborhoods and I was like, oh, this is dope. I kind of like this. <laughs> like, this is cool. <laughs> so there's a little bit of cheer. That's like, you know, if you're, if you're going through something, do it whenever you want. But for the, for the most part, you know, December 1st. December, December 1st. 1st. It's reasonable. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> like, I, I enjoyed the, uh, the Christmas lighting that we put up around the, uh, the apartment we lived in together in, um, in Wilmington, Angle. Oh, heck yeah, man. That was awesome. I think we kept that up for a while too. Uh, we well, it was classic, right? Yeah, I mean, you was, had like a, what, like a, <laughs> like what, fifteen feet of, of greenery mm-hmm. from from your old your old job. Yeah, they did a they did a window at a retail store, and uh, it was for Christmas. And I asked if I could keep it because I thought it would look real cool in our apartment. And it was a very clearly a Christmas garland with white lights wrapped around it. But the guy who had designed it was really knew what he was doing. So I packed about. 
I don't know. What do you think, Morgan? About 40 feet of this mm-hmm. Yep. into the back of my van and drove it home. And we spent about an hour hanging it up. It was all the way around the, the, the room of the house over our four TVs that we watched college football on and our three beer fridges. And we had the Christmas garland going year round. We were it's amazing. Nobody wanted to date us. <laughs> That's how we used to do it back in the day in Wilmington, North Carolina. Christmas year round down there. Blackout under Christmas lights in the middle of April. <laughs> Not far from the truth. <laughs> I like Christmas decorations. Just I don't want to have to be the one to put them up or take them down. There we go. <laughs> All right. On that note, <laughs> this episode of Miserable and Reckless. <laughs> I'm Logan sitting here with Morgan and Ryan and not Dustin because he's not here. (laughs) We'll see you next time.